0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Bolt Breakdowns here on the Guilty Charge podcast YouTube channel where I talk about anything and everything related to the Los Angeles Chargers, Uh, Of course, we know why we're here today. I didn't really do a Bolt Breakdowns episode during the live season because, you know, we were talking about doing two or three shows a week. Steven and Tyler were doing the film breakdowns, Arden's here with Analytics. Um, But uh, the, the reason we're here today is that the season is unfortunately over. The Chargers did lose the win or go home game to the Raiders, and they're currently sitting at home. Uh, which is not the result we wanted. It Was an improvement from last year, where they go from seven and nine to nine and eight, and you have the you know performance of Justin Herbert as well as things to be excited about and in the future. But the Chargers are not where we want them to be, uh, which is as a playoff team, which we expected for mostly. I mean, most of the season, really, we expect them to be in the playoffs, considering how they started and how they were always in that playoff picture until they weren't. So we're here to talk about everything. Just as a note on the podcast, Stephen and Tyler are going to be off, and I'm going to be off for the next week. So uh, I don't think there's going to be a new podcast until next Wednesday, where we'll hopefully get back into the off season swing of things and talk about impending free agents and uh, you know all the things that are going to happen with the team between now and March and the rest of the season. But I did want to do a video that serves as a little bit of an off season primer to talk about you know, how we got to where we are and where we go from here, right? Uh, so I'm mostly going to be focusing on that part today, the where we go from here part into free agency in the draft. You can check out the full Chargers Raiders podcast we did this week post game uh, in the Blue Wire studios, which was very fun. And you can check out, check out uh, Arjun's analytics video if you want to see more about Brandon Staley's decisions and the analytics behind them. And did they cost the Chargers the game? But I'm here to talk about the offseason because that's currently where the Chargers are. Uh, so the offseason, in a sense, has sort of started already. The Chargers have signed 11 players to future reserve contracts, um, as Daniel Popper tweeted yesterday. So you have wide receiver Michael Bandy, uh, Andrew Brown, Cole Christiansen, Tyler's favorite Ben DeLuca uh, making the team, uh, Meke Egbele, Maurice French, Ryan Hunter, Hunter Campmoyer, Forrest Merrill. Jason Moore and Foster Sarrell. Uh, Foster Sarrell, largely a tackle that was on the practice squad during the season. So you sort of have this mix of guys that are going to be competing for roster spots next season. So this is something to look forward to for training camp. Uh, And Daniel Popper specifically pointed out some notable absences for guys who are on the practice squad uh, as of the final week of the season. Uh, Darius Bradwell was not given a reserve futures contract. Neither was KJ Hill and neither was Tristan Viscaino. Uh, And so that's a big deal. And I I think Joe Reed, although I'm not totally sure of his status, considering he was on IR, but he is not on this list as well. So I would assume that means that for the time being, at least his time with the Chargers is done. We'll see how that situation uh, develops. But these are the 11 guides that the Chargers have camped, which is something to look forward to in training camp. Uh, at the very least to see if someone like Forrest Merrill can continue to develop, just continue to see if uh, any of these guys maybe can push for a roster spot after they were already on the roster during training camp and at at various points during the season this year. Uh, So we'll see, right? Kind of a push to the future type of move. Um, It is wildly disappointing. I would say that KJ Hill has gone from someone who is basically guaranteed a roster spot because of his special teams ability. And now he's not on the roster at all anymore and seemingly out of the Chargers plans entirely. Um, but I can't say I'm too surprised by anything else outside of that. Uh, so that's where we sort of start with the off season. The Chargers are kind of loading up on the guys that'll be there for a 2022 training camp and potentially crack the roster if they have some good preseason games. Uh, and then of course, I think the next thing that we have to talk about to some extent is the Chargers coaching roster, Right. Um, the reason I would mention this is not because I think you should expect, uh, any coach to be fired by any means. Of course, Brandon Staley is still going to be the Chargers head coach. Uh, and I think you can make a pretty safe bet that Joe Lombardi will remain offensive coordinator, uh, and Ronaldo Hill will remain defensive coordinator. There has been discussion about Ronaldo Hill. I've seen on Chargers Twitter that they could bring in Vic Fangio. You can bring in Brian Flores or any of these coaches who are recently fired, um, and make them your defensive coordinator. But I'll say the status quo is that Brandon Staley still has defensive play calling ability. And at this juncture, I don't think Vic Fangio or any other defensive coordinator is gonna want to be the defensive coordinator of the Chargers if they don't have that play calling responsibility, right? Dan Quinn's probably gonna get another head coaching job somewhere else. So why is Vic Fangio wanna gonna wanna come here and not call plays when he can call plays in Dallas and potentially work himself? into another head coaching job, right? So as much as the relationship with Staley is something to consider, I don't think that the Chargers will be experiencing major changes at offensive or defensive coordinator, as long as Staley does have that defensive play calling ability and he's not giving it up, Uh, which if you were to give defensive play calling uh, ability up to Vic Fangio, we have a lot of other big problems with the Brandon Staley hire at that point. So uh, I think everything is pretty much the status quo for the moment. Um, you know, you never know if one of these offensive or defensive coaches could potentially be poached by another team, right? Teams have seen the work that Frank Smith did this year with the offensive line and run game. Um, so could he get poached by another team? Potentially. Shane Day, obviously related to Justin Herbert, um, and and sort of has worked with the QBs, was a passing game coordinator. Could he be picked up by another team? It's possible, but there's really no one who jumps off the, the page. But we know how connections work in the NFL. It's how this Brandon Staley staff was mostly built. Um, so we'll sort of see if as you see these coaching vacancies start to close and you know all these other coaches start to build their staffs, if maybe one of the Chargers uh, coaches on the periphery here on offense and defense maybe get a job somewhere else or maybe get a promotion. So uh, I think it's largely the same status quo with the main four that we're talking about here. Brandon Staley will remain Chargers head coach. Joe Lombardi will remain offensive coordinator. Uh, Ronaldo Hill is defensive coordinator. And Darius Swinton probably remains special teams coordinator as well. Uh, Then we go to free agency, um, which is the game that everybody wants to talk about, right? Uh, So this is sort of an outline of the Chargers salary cap situation. They do have, I believe, the first or second most salary cap space in the league. It's it's kept fluctuating on spot track with the Dolphins, uh, I think, who are up there in salary cap space as well. But basically, they have $70 million to spend, and uh, I'll show you on the simulator in one minute what they can do to open and close salary cap space with deals that they make, right? Uh, But they have a large list of uh, free agents, which I guess we should get into now. Uh, We sort of have uh, somebody like Chris Harris. So I I like playing with the -the over-the-cap simulator, and you can kind of simulate the off-season that you want I'm sure we'll do a podcast episode about this in the future. We did one last year uh, that was very similar, but you can do things um, like not extend Chris Harris Jr. Uh, if you want to do that. Or they also give you very accurate figures regarding franchise tagging Mike Williams if you want to extend Mike Williams, right? Uh, and so you can play around with that as well. But um, I mean, the, the five biggest chargers impending free agents, I think that make a lot of sense to pay attention to are, of course, uh, what they do with Mike Williams. That is their biggest priority of the offseason to try to get something done with him. If they can't, then they potentially have to go in another direction or franchise tag him. I do think as of now, franchise tagging him is probably the most likely option. Um, but then you have some key free agents to figure out either how you're going to replace or if they re-sign them. Lenval Joseph has had some debate. I think most people don't want Chris Harris back. Uh, and then you have someone who's like a young upstart like and Wosu, who whose production hasn't always been there, but he just did finish the season with a very good game against the Raiders. So, and he plays the edge uh, position. So who knows what he's going to ask for in free agency. Um, Also important to talk about exclusive rights, free agents. So this would refer to players like Jalen Guyton, um, Storm Norton. So I think this would bring them back for uh, seasons with salaries of $600,000 per season and Donald Parham, who after his injury is also an exclusive rights free agent as well, as opposed to unrestricted. Uh, So the Chargers do have all of these free agents to talk about. And of course the free agents that they can poach from other teams, but I did want to show you and and play around with the salary cap to talk about the number uh, that the Chargers really have to kind of spend. Uh, Of course, they can also make some other cut decisions here that open up that salary cap space, right? what you see on the salary cap table right here is Brian Balaga. And I would circle highlight, put an exclamation point around what the chargers are going to do with him because they have uh, no guaranteed salary and they can save around $11 million uh, to basically cut Brian Balaga before uh, June 1st, which would be in the March cut period. Right. Right. Leading up to free agency. Uh, So I'm just going to do that right now. So you see that they have about 68.9 million, roughly 70 billion. Uh, And if they were to cut Brian Balaga and let's submit that decision real quick, you see that that number, uh, what did I do? Oh, no, I don't know. (laughs) I back clicked. Okay. If I do cut Brian Balaga, then that number goes up to 79 million, nearly 80 million that the chargers have in reality to actually spend in this free agency. Plus, you never know if there's another player that they can cut. But Brian Balaga is certainly the biggest salary that very likely, more than likely, will obviously be cut. Uh, and then that can kind of play into their negotiations with Mike Williams, because everybody talks about the Mike Williams contract being very expensive. But if you even franchise tagged him for the value of $19 million and you cut Brian Balaga, you still have $60 million left to work with. So the Chargers uh, are not in a bind here by any means possible even if they agree to a long-term deal with Mike Williams or are in a position where they may have to franchise tack him. So I wouldn't worry about the charger salary cap too much because they do have a lot of money to spend uh, using Justin Herbert's rookie contract and the fact that they aren't paying a quarterback quite a bit of money right now. So we'll see how free agency pay- plays out. But I just wanted to play around a little with the over-the-cap calculator uh, and you know show you guys how that can work. And you can play with it yourselves. You know, Play with the over-the-cap calculator and send your results to me on Twitter. <laughs> if you want to do your dream offseason. I'm sure we'll do uh, an episode on uh, on the podcast. We sort of did one last year where we were playing around with Michael Davis and Hunter Henry's free agencies. So I'm sure we'll do one this year as well to talk about what we would do if we were the Chargers GMs. But uh, yeah, as they say here, the Chargers have about 70 million in projected cap space, not including the Brian Balaga contract, which they can cut. Or, sorry, that 72 figure is accounting for Brian Belaga being on the team, but they can cut him and then free up that uh, 11 million about that. They would save as I demonstrated on the salary cap calculator. Uh, and they have a lot of pending free agents that we've talked about. Uh, Ode Bushi, Jared Cook, Linval Joseph, Chris Harris, lots of decisions to make. Uh, and then after free agency, that obviously brings us to the 2022 NFL draft. Uh, so, This has been a topic of a lot of conversation, obviously, is how many picks the Chargers have. So we don't technically know how many picks the Chargers are going to have. But based on the players that they let walk in free agency, they'll have about four compensatory picks. Now, what rounds these picks will be in is a little bit complicated still because the NFL hasn't awarded these picks. So don't get too married to the Chargers have three six rounders and they have one seventh or they have two six and two sevenths. We're not going to know for a little bit um, in reality, but the Chargers will have 11 draft picks in total, uh, one in round one, one in round two, and pretty much uh, all the way through round five. And then they'll have a combination of extra picks in round six and seven. Um, so that will total 11. I doubt that they use all 11 picks. They can obviously trade up in the draft using some of those later round picks, um, and I sort of doubt just how the draft works that they're going to sign 11 rookie contracts as well so i would keep uh, an eye on maybe them shipping a pick for a player here or there or if they want to use multiple picks to potentially trade into round two if they want to use it to trade into uh day three higher in the draft right that's what those picks can be used for and then you're not you know signing 11 players right uh so i think that that's something important to note um and yeah I mean, that's sort of a, a little bit of a primer on the Chargers offseason. Of course, that uh, would then bring us to training camp. And then we're kind of back where we started with the podcast this year, um, you know, talking about training camp and which guys will break out and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, that really brings us through the NFL draft. And we can also talk about some of their positional needs, right? Um, I think edge defender, especially depending on what they do with Uchenna and Wosu, is a pretty big need. Defensive tackle. I mean, we saw the Chargers run defense, and I know a lot of people have been talking about Jordan Davis potentially replacing Linval Joseph uh, and all the other needs on the defensive line to improve the run game. I think that's a pretty apt need at this point. Uh, Quarterback. Uh, Michael Davis did decline from where he was in 2020. I think that was pretty evident to anyone who watched, partially due to injuries, partially just due to his play not being as technically sound. And I I think he's proven that the Chargers do need another body at CB1 at this point. Um, This is going to be a thing that Steven talks about all offseason and that I talk about and Tyler talks about the Chargers' need for a tackle. Uh, Brian Balaga, if you do cut him, opens up salary cap, but you do have to replace Brian Balaga through the draft or through free agency with a right tackle. I think both Storm Norton and Trey Pipkins, while they're good depth, have proven that neither at this point can handle a starting role, Um, which is not really an offense to them. It's just the Chargers need something better there uh, than replaceable depth and XFL players, frankly. Um, So uh, you can go back and look at the Max Crosby film if you want and then tell me I'm wrong, but I don't think you will. Uh, Anyway, uh, we can also talk about wide receiver, right? If the Chargers were to let Mike Williams walk, wide receiver becomes a very big need. I do not expect that to happen, but still, um, considering that he's a free agent, considering that Jalen Guyton is an exclusive rights free agent, considering uh, the fact that they don't have five or six on the roster right now as we speak heading into free agency, it's going to be a need that has to be addressed through either signing those guys and bringing them back or replacing them and changing up parts, right? Uh, So, I hope that you liked this off-season primer breakdown. We'll be back with normal podcast next Wednesday. I'm excited to get into the swing of things and the off-season, even if there were losses. Still obviously a little crushing. Um, I know that a lot of people were expecting to go to the playoffs. So was I. Uh, it would have been fun for the Chargers to get a playoff game and for us to get playoff Herbert as opposed to playoff Roethlisberger and playoff Carr. Uh, but here we are. So we're going to be here all off season for you guys, dishing out a lot of content, film breakdowns, draft talk, free agency talk, the whole nine yards. Um, and we thank you for sticking with us through what was a tough year, um, especially how it ended. But there were a lot of ups, a lot of downs. And we thank you for sticking with us the whole season. So that'll do it for today. See you guys next time.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?